Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 commercial, 3 minutes for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Beagle. Our top story, as the electoral certification process in Congress proceeds, MAGA mobs rush the Capitol. Or do they? What do you think, Binkley? I think that the visuals don't match the words coming out of the mouths of the reporters. I totally agree. I was listening to CNN. I saw the video that they were playing. Everybody looked completely peaceful. I saw uh, some stills of cops and like dust and dirt and heard reports that cops threw flash bang grenades or whatever they're called. And I thought they could have done that without provocation if they're meant to be the provocateurs. Yeah, at first there was a reporter on scene. This was a PBS reporter, and then I saw a CNN reporter doing the same thing live, reporting frantically as though they felt they were under threat, saying they're they've breached the steps. There's a broken window. There's one of them has gotten inside. Oh my gosh, one of them has gotten inside. And then they made the mistake of showing the visuals of people coming in. What she said, people flooding in, and it was a line of people walking calmly talking and smiling in between those red velvet ropes like you stand in line at you know a movie theater or something like they were going on a guided tour and the memo that the capitol police sent out to the to people they said evacuate or shelter in your room or whatever and leave the door unlocked so the doors were left unlocked and wow. at least around part of the building. Because when I was protesting against Obamacare, you couldn't get anywhere near it. As a matter of fact, protesters, there was a law that Dennis Kucinich famously signed, and we all thought he was under pressure because it wasn't his style, that you could not protest anywhere near anybody who had Secret Service protection. So the breach must have happened or the allow to allow people to go must have happened way before that, because there's a huge perimeter that you're not allowed to get close. Yeah. What I saw around that perimeter looked like people kind of partying at a festival. I did moments ago see for the first time. This is, mind you, all morning we've been hearing violence. They, well, they've been acting as though violence were coming, they would give a caveat saying, there's not violence yet, but it looks like tensions are rising. They kept saying that at the end of their reports. I did see some pushing and shoving between Capitol Police, and I don't know who these people are. I wanted to tell you what I heard from a friend in Atlanta saying that WSB's reporting is a lot like what you're saying, CNN, which people have been telling us that WSB has been tanking. But he said there was a reporter on the ground. The last thing he said was closer to the Capitol is more tense. But as you can see, it is a mostly peaceful protest. Then you hear protests run up behind him and say that is not true. This is a peaceful protest. And then the reporter on the ground repeated, yes, like I said, it was a mostly peaceful protest. Then the correspondent who was at the studio said, yes, yes, we understand that this is a very, very very dangerous situation, a very dis- dangerous situation for our reporters to be in. Yeah, and this is exactly what we've been talking about when people asked if they should go to the rally. We talked about how you can go, but you're even if you do the right thing, you could be framed by the media as being a violent, crazy conspiracy theorist. And this is the narrative they've been talking about. Why did this happen, PBS asked? Because crazy conspiracy theorists, YouTubers, Blaming it on right wing and Trump's words saying these are this is why words are dangerous. I will. Let me tell you an Erickson quote that uh, my 
person on the ground just sent me listening to WSB. And then I want to um, point out something else that we've been way ahead of. Apparently, Erickson said, I'm on team shoot them. <laughs> That's a typical thing you, you might hear Erickson say. Yeah. And he thinks it's the president's and fault. And praising him. So this is what's been driving me crazy about this. Well, first of all, we are now derailed from a lot of work I put into the, you know, what the process should be and how to resolve this and what the laws are. Now what we're talking about the mob. But one thing that we were really ahead of on this, first of all, that there would be unrest, that they were setting it up for that. But we have been talking all along about how the Democrats starting with the Stacey versus Stacey rally and a lot of other things where when the process doesn't go their way, I'm talking about the activists. They take to the streets or take to violence or subvert the process or break the law. I guess it started with the Parkland shooting. They're all about breaking the law if it's not happening the way you want it to. And as is so typical, they're flipping the script. And Chris Wallace on Fox said they don't understand this is a victory of the Constitution over the mob. They don't understand process rules over the mob. I cannot tell you how much propaganda there has been around this saying that this court have spoken. There are no outstanding issues about the uh, election validity. And that's where I was originally going with what I wanted to bring today. But they they derailed that whole conversation with the mob stuff. And I don't think it's real. I think that they've put uh, agents provocateur. They've had policies in place. And the way the media is presenting it, I'm not buying it. You know, that place is filled with agents provocateur. I do expect it to eventually get violent i think that that will definitely happen because somebody will force it and they'll show that even if it's only a small group they'll show it and they'll blast it everywhere as though it's everybody and you know that's what they want you know they want that chaos when you see this jacob blake case they they come out and they say they're not gonna charge the police officer which in my in my opinion the guy fought off police officers ran to go grab a weapon i i I don't think they should have been charged It, it was excessive it should have been looked at but They announced that on the day before this big rally. They knew this was coming. They also covered the story about Kyle Rittenhouse pleading not guilty. He's the guy who shot and killed some protesters. And during the response to the Jacob Blake event, which happened in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and these are two bombshell, divisive, polarizing stories that happened to, to get publicized and made the day before this. They, they want chaos. You absolutely absolutely predicted something very similar to this happening when you said, I mean, in the spring, possibly, or when the story came out about Ahmed, Ahmad Arbery, that they would bring, they would make an announcement like the cops aren't getting charged on election day, something like that, or in October. I mean, you saw this particular psyop very close to this exact psychological operation unrolling. And that is, I, I'm not as good at that as you are. I can see what they're doing, but those specifics, but you saw that coming. What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what should be happening 
there today. Uh, I don't know. Should we should we hit the Senate race first or do you want to hear a little backstory on the electoral stuff? Cover the Yeah, let's hear the backstory. Okay, so when did this ever happen? And we were talking to Garland yesterday and he mentioned Rutherford B. Hayes a couple of times. And I looked into that. This is the election of 1876, I guess. 1877 is when the inauguration would have happened. And uh, Tilden of New York, a Democrat, when in the Smithsonian article I was reading, Democrats were white supremacists. This was after the Civil War. It was in Reconstruction. He won. Supposedly, there's a lot of talk of fraud and back and forth intimidation and stuff. But he won the popular vote by 4.4 million versus... Rutherford B. Hayes getting four million. And there were three states with disputed electoral votes, Louisiana, South Carolina and Florida. And again, this was, there's a lot of racial intimidation, stuff like that. And the difference between so those were disputed votes and Hayes had to get all of those electoral votes in order to win. If Tilden got even one of those states, one electoral vote, he would have won. So, but the difference between then and now, which is very similar to what we're talking about right now, is that at the state level, the states themselves, I think maybe even the parties, I have to double check that, sent competing delegates to Congress. So they sent competing uh, slates of electors to Congress, and Congress was supposed to sort out which ones to accept. Whereas in this case, Congress that the states sent the electors. So it's really the, the place where Congress looks like it's passed. The way that was resolved was they had the the Compromise of 1877, which the southern states said, if you take your troops out and give us our states back and uh, then end Reconstruction, we don't care if you're president. So he signed off on that and they did it. Of course, what did they do with that freedom? They made Jim Crow laws and a bunch of stuff that uh, was pretty horrible. So it's not it's not a happy ending, but... Now, I would say, okay, the the deal is done. The states have spoken. Congress has no further responsibility. The 12th Amendment, the 20th Amendment, I read them thoroughly. It is not crystal clear that there is any further discretionary action open to Congress. However, I will say this. When you have a real legitimate dispute between states and the people, Supreme Court or other higher bodies, especially when the issue is federal, this is a federal election, that someone, it, it, Congress cannot turn a blind eye if they know, if even one person in Congress knows that there's shenanigans. And the fact that they continue to say, as both sides or whoever doesn't want to proceed with these objections, they continue to say that there's no valid claim. All the court's uh, cases have been adjudicated and there's nothing left but that is not true they are kicking the can on garland that's one guy we happen to know they're kicking the can and it's extremely valid he just wants to see the ballots so i think that it is valid for someone in congress that is the beauty of our system that the parties don't rule you have individual legislators have power they should someone should call a i agree that they should call a commission and let these cases get resolved yeah and we'll find out what happens with garland's hearing today it starts at four o'clock so find and out, people hopefully. can watch that right yeah i yeah no he i don't know if he tweeted out oh the link. he did i think he said it's at voterga.org in the news tab okay yeah and that he would publish stuff there. And you can listen to our show from yesterday to hear more about Garland's case. Yeah, all this other stuff distracts from that very real and legitimate. There's evidence there, and this stuff just distracts from it. He has affidavits from poll workers who swear 
that they saw inauthentic ballots or believe they were inauthentic and they just want the right to look at them. Yes. And, and he was supposed to have it on Monday yeah. to kick the can. So, okay, last they night... Did, they did object to Arizona, by the way, and they were doing the two hours to convene and debate that. But oh. then it got subverted because of what they say, safety concerns, and it's on hold for now. For now, so they, it's all changing. Sus- suspended the congressional action because of the mobs, which I personally, and I think you do too, think are uh, this was a setup. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I believe in yesterday's show we said it was yeah. a setup, but that it would happen. It was a setup, but whatever. Uh, so last night, everyone was riveted to the TV to see <laughs> the Senate runoff. And it looks like, from what I'm seeing, they're calling it for sure for Warnock and for kind of sure, not for sure, but uh, Ossoff does, is being pronounced the front runner. Yeah, they say his is too close to call, but it looks like the remaining votes that are coming in, some of them are absentee military ballots, which you would think would go to the right. But then the votes from the other counties, from counties like DeKalb, which they presume will be majority Ossoff. So they believe he's going to win. I don't know if there's going to be challenges. I, I, This is not a surprising outcome to me. I anticipated this a little bit because the Stacey Abrams as close to vote harvesting operation as you can get. And because the Republicans are about the two of the most unlikable people that you can find to run. And the ads the Democrats were running about them hit home and they were personal to people in Georgia. It was funny because I was watching CNN and Chris Cuomo, when you could see like when the, you saw it turn blue, <laughs> he, he, got said, excited. he said, well, democracy won tonight. Stacey Abrams is democracy then because she is getting really <laughs> not even Democrats. Did you see the picture I sent you that someone tweeted at me from New York City? Which one? I've gotten a like handful a- of Stacey Abrams pictures today with her being like a superhero. It was a little billboard, but it's like old and kind of graffitiized. It says, Happy New Year. Do whatever oh Stacey gosh. Abrams needs you to do. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Somebody so- put her face on the Yes You Can propaganda poster. The old one from like World War II. She is some kind of created person. But I just wanted to put in my two cents on if it matters whether or not the Democrats both win those Senate races so that the outcome would be the Senate would be split 50-50, Democrat-Republican, and Kamala Harris would be the deal breaker. So that's really a Democrat win because we assume that Biden is going to take the presidency, that this that this mob, this all this process is a way to get people pissed off and make sure that going forward we have conflict. But at this moment, it's uh, it still looks like up in the air. But yeah, I think Biden's going to obviously get it and maybe these guys. So what do I care? I care because as we kick the can, the, our only hope is to kick the can. And when re- Republicans have power, even though they're happy to relinquish it, I don't think they like to be in power. They have to win once in a while in order to be the other party, in order to maintain a two-party system. But they always cave in. They caved in with Obama all the time. They never really corrected Obamacare when they had the chance. They don't like it, but they do have to put up some roadblocks. I feel like with with one party in there, the Democrats, where their people, unlike the Republican voters who don't like when the Republicans sell them out, the Democrat voters are totally on board with the technocratic totalitarian government that's coming out of this COVID thing. And there will be no breaks on that. 
if it's all Democrat all the time in D.C., even just for two years. I think you're right about that. And this is a perfect example of how a political party got a bunch of people to vote against their own interests because they had them blinded by emotion and tribalism. A lot of a lot of the actors in Atlanta want to become SAG eligible. That's a goal. That's what you need to do in order to get cast in major roles and to make good union money. But other states are union. Georgia's a right-to-work state, which makes it far easier to earn your SAG card than anywhere else. Both the Democrat candidates have promised to eliminate Georgia's right-to-work state status, which would make it not impossible, but extremely difficult for a lot of the people that supported them to live their dreams. Ever since getting to know the people and products at True Hemp Science, I have made CBD products a highly rewarding part of my life. From muscle rub to body lotion to CBD oil and my absolute favorite, gluten-free brownies, I have incorporated CBD products into my own approach to personal well-being. To find out more about CBD products in general and True Hemp Science products in particular, including their latest offering of gummies, check out their website and request a free personal consultation at truehempscience.com slash products. Report. There was a interesting story yesterday. A threat was sent to air traffic controllers vowing revenge for the killing of the Iranian general on the year anniversary of that killing. And the warning said, we are flying a plane into the capital on Wednesday. Soleimani will be avenged. And I find that story interesting because not that I think that that's going to happen, but I find it interesting because it was broadcast similar to the way that the Nashville warning was broadcast. Now, it wasn't from, it was different ways of broadcasting, but this idea of we're broadcasting a warning prior to it happening is, I think that's going to be a theme. I, I may be able to connect some dots between the Nashville thing and that, because when I was looking at the Nashville thing, it was clearly a drill. And when I saw that video, I, there's no doubt in my mind that it was a drill. No doubt in my mind. And as but in the conversations that followed in the media, it obviously was not talked about as a drill. The the main policy issue that came out of that. So anytime you see something that's clearly a false flag because it was a drill, it's there for a policy purpose. What was the big policy discussion? There's conspiracy theory elements, but the big policy discussion was. Uh, can you ca- call this terrorism? So with if they call it terrorism, they get to take a lot of your rights away, which is just crazy. Hate stuff, terrorism, they shouldn't take your rights away. If you kill people, if you hurt people, if you threaten them, the laws are in place. It should just go like that. But when they were talking about it, they said, well, one of the reasons that we might not be able to call it terrorism is that he tried to minimize uh, if fatalities and injuries by broadcasting it ahead of time. So do we so now we have to ponder this important question of whether that still makes you a terrorist. OK, now you just told me someone who's clearly a terrorist threw that warning out. So obviously terrorists can warn you. That's interesting. That could be a criteria now that could get you framed as, as a terrorist. And that ropes in with these rallies that we were talking about, which they're saying conspiracy theorists did it. They're dangerous. I, I'm thinking of the agendas as like uh, decision trees or whatever, or even your family tree. It's like there's a big agenda, you know, totalitarian technocracy. And then there's a bunch of other ones. And a lot of these psyops fold into all different ones. So the Nashville thing had a lot of psyops. The conspiracy theory one is a big element to that. They talked about it today on Fox again. But that thing about how you treat domestic terrorism, which means so it's that slippery slope where they used to go to foreigners and say, well, we can take their rights away because they're not protected by the constitution 
which kind of makes you wonder if the Constitution is giving you your rights or not. And I would say it's not. But they would go and say, well, because they're not protected by the Constitution. And now they're saying now they're circling back with that and saying that the Constitution doesn't apply to you if you're a terrorist, even if you're a U.S., which brings me to the topic of if uh, that Biden's attorney general pick is Merrick Garland. Do you can can I tell you about that? Yeah. Can I say one quick thing in yeah. response to mm-hmm. what you just said? This leads back. All of this, I think, leads back to something we talked about in the Rockfin video where we dissected a CFR panel discussion where they were talking about how they're going to get rid or take care of the problem of the 70 plus million people who have that Trump sentiment, who voted for Trump, the anti-globalist sentiment. I think a lot of this leads to snuffing that out. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes, there these things all work together. And that is, you talk about that giant totalitarian technocracy little thing in the eye of the pyramid. Those people are are absolutely, they're not the masterminds, but they're the master mouths. They are the direct reports, you know, to the masterminds. And that is on their agenda. I agree with you from everything from the mob to uh, the Nashville thing that we've talked about today could plug right into that. Yep. So that's in uh, the most recent Rockfin video or like the second from a few weeks ago. Yeah. If you do join Rockfin, you'll, there's like, you'll, it'll be crystal clear. So, so can I tell you about this, yeah, Merrick yeah. Garland? So he was Obama's Supreme Court pick. Do you remember that? Yes. And then that was the thing that it, it, they said, well, Obama is a lame duck, so we're not going to move forward on his pick, which is kind of weird. And I thought, they that seemed like a game they knew it i had a feeling garland wasn't merrick garland wasn't slated to be the supreme court guy who's just playing that role but i did investigate him a bit anyway and uh so this is the guy who's going to replace uh bill barr so that's a very important role think about the things that you, they do and do not do they can oppress you. They can control criminal justice. Bill Barr is leading the charge in invading cities and confiscating, quote, illegal guns, which to me is an oxymoron. So uh, it's very important who this guy is. And I personally think the Department of Justice, actually, if you go back in history, it was established to make sure southern states accepted federal law that was unconstitutional because they weren't enforcing it. They would just nullify it, if I understand correctly the history of that. So it's a it's in itself an unconstitutional entity. But what he, but the, but this was, so the thing about Merrick Garland was he, he was an assistant. I have it written down. He was a principal deputy associate uh, attorney general. So he was some kind of high ranking, but very obviously one of many AGs, attorney generals back in the day, uh, specifically in the 90s, where he covered some high profile cases. When I was reading about him, he insisted on being extremely hands on for both Oklahoma City and Ted Kaczynski. And he also was involved in the Richard Jewell case. And for me, all of those are smelly because Kaczynski and uh, Terry um, not Terry Nichols, uh, Timothy McVeigh, both of those guys were deep state 
uh, either operatives or victims. I think Kaczynski was an MK Ultra type issue. McVeigh said that he was going into special ops, and the next thing you know, he's some kind of domestic terrorist. Weird stories requiring a lot of covering up. The Richard Jewell thing we know was uh, was bogus from the beginning. Who knows? He's kind of portrayed Merrick Garland as a hero in that case, but you'd have to prove that to me. Anyway, I am not happy with Merrick Garland, and I would like to tell you, uh, just they say that he's a, a liberal guy, except for when it comes to national security and criminal justice, which is the exact freaking opposite <laughs> of what you want as, a, as an AG. You do not want a guy who's going to trample on your rights uh, in the name of national security. Big shout out to LibertyGear.net, an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, including protest gear such as the Obey, PSYOP, and Flatten the Lies masks, and lots of other funny, weird stuff to lighten up your day. Even if you wouldn't choose to wear a mask, many businesses and governments require them. Might as well use the device to reach out to like-minded people in your community and make them smile at the same time. Even if you don't want to buy anything right now, look through the merch. Chances are there's something there that will give you a much needed laugh in this crazy world and if you're looking for something you don't see keep in mind they love new ideas and they take requests for custom gear just email them through the site so please support a fellow liberty lover and propaganda report fan you probably know and love and get 10 percent off all merchandise with the promo code propaganda all lowercase only at libertygear.net I have to say, I know we're about to transition. I'm getting ambushed with messages about Trump supporters ambushing, storming the Capitol, violence. This is such a misrepresentation. Not to say that it's not going to lead to violence or there hasn't been violence that has emerged from it, but they were let in. The door was unlocked. That was in the memo originally, and they were walking peacefully through the thing. They are really, the propaganda is working. And you're saying that you're getting this from liberal friends who want it in your face. Some of that, yes, and some just from people who are neutral and are just looking at the news on the surface. I absolutely do not believe that it's just so counter to the character of people who are objectively dedicated to ideologies. Now, Trump has changed that a bit because he brought the identity politics, but I'm I'm I, nothing in me thinks that this is organic, real, spontaneous, no, not, not to mention all. we predicted it. So <laughs> I, I wish I would have been able to capture that first video of the PBS show. They probably didn't mean to show it where people were peacefully walking. With, who who was, breaks into a building and then maintains and walks in the boundaries of a red velvet actually, rope you're supposed to stay within? I was seeing that on the homepage of CNN. I just clicked on it and it was rolling while people were hysterical with a lot of noise and the audio. And I'm like, where, where yeah, is that see, guy? The audio didn't seem natural. To me, no, I, I couldn't understand it anyway. And I think the, the I heard a lot of sirens. I'm like, those are the cops are doing that. Yeah, you know, they're, 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 it's not necessarily justified. It anyway. reminded me of the piping in of fan crowd noise during these sports games. Yes, absolutely, good point. So, Los Angeles County is now telling their ambulance crew. Well, first of all, in Los Angeles County, according to the Director of Public Health, Barbara Furr, a person is dying of COVID every 15 minutes. That's the claim. Every 15 minutes, somebody's dying of COVID in Los Angeles County. And as a result, there's been a deluge of people in the emergency rooms, overwhelming the hospitals. And because of this, the LA County Emergency Medical Services Agency is telling 
The ambulance is not to transport patients with little chance of survival to hospitals and to conserve the use of oxygen. And this is effective immediately due to, to the severe impact of COVID. So people that have heart attacks, that they that flatline, that they try to revive, they're unable to revive on the spot after 20 minutes or so or whatever the time, they leave them there and they don't take them back. And other situations that people could potentially be revived and saved, it might not, they might not have the best odds, but now they're going to have zero odds because they're being told to leave them where they are. That's Absolutely outrageous. Yeah, I, I could see if they were doing it just to COVID people, and I thought that will probably reduce the death rate among COVID people. But if they're doing it for other forms yes, of illness, other, that others is as well. Absolutely criminal, and in, yeah. in my mind, also in LA, there has been an underground party scene, a speakeasy party scene. We've talked about that emerging a little bit, and despite threats and restrictions. They aren't they aren't slowing down until until recently because a super spreader task force has been created and there will now be a super spreader task force, which is led up by the L.A. County Sheriff's Department that will be going around and breaking up house parties. So if you're having a house party and this comes the same day yesterday, there's an app that allowed people to meet up that could have underground parties. They took it off of Apple and. You want to have some people over and hang out. You're in LA. You might have a super spreader task force. Who knows what they're armed with? Busting into your house and breaking up your party. <laughs> they are this probably the super spreaders. Spreaders. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I saw somebody walking on the street just this morning with an uh, repeal Newsom T-shirt, which I I know my son's going to get me for Mother's Day. <laughs> I'm absolutely certain of it. So. Uh, a couple of other things from around the world regarding the the pandemic, which, I mean, people are getting sick around here with something like weird, but I'm not sure it's any more weird than just every flu is different or every cold is different. You know what I'm saying? People are getting yeah. pneumonia, but I don't know how many people normally get pneumonia. So I'm a right. little confused by it. And people, it is it is flu season, so people do get sick and add the freaked out factor. It's just impossible to know, but it's on such the margin. It's kind of like <clears throat> the you know the the presidential vote. It's it's so close to the margin. Is it really a pandemic? You know, like if it's if right. you're just like I don't know if this is real. Like let's think hard about it. But anyway, but the one thing is for sure. The pro-vaccine propaganda is non-stop. And I, I, I was surprised that my tweets got through yesterday. I'm really surprised. And I, and I wonder if they are getting suppressed as we speak. But I was looking at RT, which I kind of was off RT, Russia Today. They went just full propaganda after their founder mysteriously died. So a few years ago, it was one of those many Russians who died on American soil under suspicious circumstances. He was one of those guys. And it just seemed to be, just become just blatant, preposterous propaganda after that. But I uh, occasionally checked the feed and I saw a few things in it that I that I tweeted uh, that seemed legit, like real stories to me. There is a doctor uh, in Mexico. Her name is Carla Cecilia Perez, who shortly after, within a few hours of getting the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, got encephalo, you guessed it, myelitis. So that's what they, it's every kind of acute flaccid myelitis, transverse myelitis. This myelitis is a common 
a, a thing that happens when your immune system attacks your own uh, myelination, the fat, as a result of a vaccine. Her family, she had other symptoms as well, seizures, skin rashes, uh, mild paralysis, but her family is not saying it was the vaccine. They just want to investigate that possibility. And that's- Oh, do they? Wow. They they would like to investigate that I'm surprised they haven't been made mouthpieces promoting the vaccine, saying we're glad she took it. She died doing what was right. The week is young. Yeah. So the two other things that happened in Norway, two- People in nursing homes died from, uh, not from, I don't know, within a few days of getting the vaccine, and they're investigating if there is a connection there. But this was what was funny to me. The Norway response was, oh, well, 400 people die a week in nursing homes, so it could just be a coincidence. And I'm thinking, oh, really? Can we apply that math to COVID, maybe? You know, over time? Like, is that how, how much up is the average over kind of whatever... 24 months, maybe. So that I found interesting that they're investigating to see if there's a connection there. And then the last thing was also very interesting. Peru is having a hard time introducing the Pfizer vaccine uh, because they're negotiating with Pfizer on a couple of issues, one of which is they object to Pfizer's insistence on having uh, immunity from any lawsuits arising from death or injury that may be connected to the vaccine. And Peru's like, well, that doesn't feel like it's in the best interest of our people. So we'll see if that health minister has his job <laughs> on yeah, Friday. Yeah, that's great. He's doing that. I hope he remains safe. That's really the bottom line with all this stuff. So, oh, I have a shout out and a couple of other things. So we did this really well-received, very small Zoom party on Sunday, and I think we we will maybe make a habit of it, make it a little bigger, but there was a lot of really strong connections made from Propaganda Report patron saints, and one thing that was clear, people, there were uh, some international folks were there, Terry from the Canary Islands, and uh, people really wanted to shout out, give love, and ask for prayers for his wife, Fiona, who is unwell. And these guys are scientists. They're very, very interesting people, big fans and supporters. And we look forward to talking to them again, Terry, anyway, uh, at our next Zoom party. It is, I think we should make this Share the Show Wednesday because uh, it's a great show. And yesterday was also a great show, but it was a special edition with Garland. So please, if you know anybody who wants a different viewpoint of what's happening in the here and now, please share today's show. And I also have a shout out to another. Did you say Fiona? I want to go back. You said Fiona Fiona. was was her name? Yeah, Terry's wife's name is Fiona. He gave me permission to, yeah, it's important to know the name, to give her name out. And then Joseph, which who is also at the Zoom party, had already given this shout out uh, to the Propaganda Report community. Thank you. I believed things were off before, but this year, 2020, showcased how the world really is crazy. You kept my sanity on rides to work, among other places. You made me smile, laugh, and were my reminder that hope lies within that's a, that's all you, Binkley. Something I have always known and fought to keep a part of me as I have become a young adult. May we keep going strong as a community onward toward 2021. Awesome. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that's great. I have to say, I do know hope is within, but that's only because I feel like there's no hope without. <laughs> 
So I'm not sure I get kudos for keeping the hope. But I have hope. You can't have good cheer if you don't have some hope. So we know that. And I even have a little uh, Merrick Garland joke for you on the Patreon 15. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. And, <laughs> and some, more on the mobs. Let's let's get, dig news into the mobs a little bit. The, the Georgia Senate race that we're oh. breaking the in the Patreon 15. Yes. Cannot wait. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want to get access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We also do virtual parties, other cool stuff, and we do deep dive videos, podcast videos into what the world shapers are doing and how they're how they're plotting. We do those on Rockfin. You can check those out on rockfin.com. We will talk to y'all on the page 15 or tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.